Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Fire up for pro football. That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad. Wouldn't kill you. We'd play some competitive sports once in a while, wouldn't it? Oh, would that make you love me? Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hour two of two here on Football Sunday. Mike and Rashad with you till 11 o'clock, leading you to the pregame of Seahawks-Cowboys, which uh, we'll talk about coming up here soon. But I kind of wanted to talk about the Seahawks. I want to talk about the Seahawks with uh, regards to last week against the Rams. The Rams absolutely smoked them. Yeah. It was an embarrassing game for the Seahawks, especially in Seattle, no less. Just an awful, awful game for them. And honestly, what it felt like to me, and I was thinking about this last week when I, when I saw it happening, what it felt like to me was the official changing of the guard in the NFC West right now. Now, it, it does seem weird to say that after the year the Rams had last year, but Sean McVay seems to be a really good head coach. Jared Goff has improved to the point where he's a trustworthy player. You've got one of the best running backs, workhorse running backs in the league. You've got a good wide receiver core. You've got a lot right now. And your defense is solid as well. And you just faced a team who has been the arguably, oh, not arguably, they've been the best team in the division for the last five to ten years. Now, I know that there's other teams who have won, and we'll talk about that coming up soon too as well. But the Seahawks have been the best team. And you go to their place, which has been a fortress up until this year, and you went 42 to 7. You go up at halftime 34 to nothing at halftime. You hold MVP candidate Russell Wilson to 142 yards passing on a sub 50% completion rate and only 39 yards rushing. You sack him seven times. You have your running back go for 152 yards rushing and 28 yards receiving with a touchdown, four total touchdowns against Seattle's vaunted defense. And Sean Mannion got to play. And Sean Mannion got to play. Two two passes, four yards. (laughs) Two rushes for three yards as well. Um, To me, that was the changing of the guard right there because I know there's injuries. I know there's a lot of reasons why the Seahawks aren't really good, right? I mean, they're in the playoff hunt, but they haven't been playing as well this year as, as in years past. Part of that is the offensive line. Part of that's the running game situation just not being good. Um, but even with a win against the Rams in their first mat- matchup, 16 to 10, this game to me was the official changing of the guard. And even with all those things, the Seahawks just looked completely outcoached and outplayed. 
Um, just how it is. Yes. I, I think as far as them being out coached and outplayed, um, yeah. I mean, and also you're starting to see how how vulnerable the Seattle defense is without some of those big names that you're used to, you know, without KJ Wright and without um Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman, all of a sudden things look real different. Like it was much easier to score on them this year than it has been years previ- uh, previously. But, you know, now with all their guys out, it's like people are just running all over them like it's not a problem. I don't know if it was necessarily this is a changing of the guard. I think this is finally the Rams are, are getting their seat at the table, uh, so to speak. I mean, uh, the NFC West has just been – I, I don't think there's been a, a division that has more parity in it in all of football. Like you, you mentioned, or I kind of was telling you a stat earlier. I have to look it up. Since 2012, if the Rams actually do a go ahead and follow through with the season and, and win the division, every team in the NFC West will have won a division since 2012. The 49ers won it in 2012. The uh, the Seahawks won it in 13, 14. I think the um, Cardinals the won Cardinals it. won it in 2016. Like I mean, so every single year a team has kind of come up and, and and been the leader of the pack. So I think this is really now we're just waiting for San Francisco to kind of come full circle and be competitive as well. And looking, judging from the way Jimmy Garoppolo has played, it looks like that might be right around the corner. But I, I don't know if this is a changing of the guard because as long I still think Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in the division. Um, I still think Pete Carroll is the best coach in the division. Um, I still think Seattle has the best defense when everybody is healthy. So I think this is the Rams showing that, yeah, we're not just little brother. Like, we can compete with and beat you guys. And so as long as uh, Goff keeps getting better and and doesn't make mistakes, like, that's the one thing that we haven't said enough about Jared Goff this year. He hasn't made a lot of mistakes. And you, we, a lot of times you see a sophomore slump in a lot of quarterbacks, and they take a step backwards. Like, Marcus Mariota is still – we're still waiting for that huge – statement season from him we're still waiting for that huge statement season from Jameis Winston and they're in year what three four now at this point you know at at this point uh Wentz and Goff have come out and said no yeah we're the guys we got it and throwing a Dak Prescott and some of those other ones like you know the quarterbacks are looking great right now they're looking young especially in that NFL only the Cardinals are the only ones that looks like they don't have a a quarterback for the future moving forward in in the entire division that is very true. The Cardinals quarterback situation is horrific. But I think the reason I think it is a changing of the guard is, and you mentioned Garoppolo, and that, that's a good point to, to bring up for sure. But the reason I say changing of the guard is because this Rams team doesn't look like it's going to change significantly for a while. Right? No. A lot of young guys, and they're all really good. And they and their offensive line is a little bit older. They actually went out and spent some money on their offensive line this year with some of the veteran guys who are free agents. But it was really, really smart business by them to do that because obviously it helped the team, helped keep Jared Goff more confident. You needed him to not get hit, and that's basically what's happening to him this year. Um, and he's only going to keep improving because he hasn't been like a world beater this year either. He hasn't been amazing. He's just been good. Yeah. And the the jump he made from last year is huge because last year he was truly horrific. But um, it's... It, it just something just feels very different about them right now, and some of it has to do with Sean McVay, youngest coach in NFL history, mm-hmm. turns a team that was awful last year into a division winner. No, in the no. one of the hardest NFCs no. we've seen in a long time. He didn't do it. Jeff Fisher did it. If you ask Jeff Fisher, Jeff Fisher, 
He said that he this put is the my Rams. Team. He put the Rams in great position to be where they are right now. Jeff Fisher ran the team into the ground, or actually further into the ground. You know when he was there. So, yeah, you did very little, Jeff Fisher. I I think it is uh, the changing of the guard in this aspect that this is going. This is kind of reverting back to uh, a division that it was a couple of years ago yep. when you had just basically four teams that you didn't know who were going to be able to beat each other week to week to week. Um, in the Rams were the worst team in the division at like eight and eight. And it just seems like that's more of where this, this whole division is trending towards when you think about um, the young coaches that are in this league, the young innovative coaches that are in this division in um, Shanahan and um, McVeigh. And you think, you know, Pete Carroll's kind of the older guy. And, you know, he's like the oldest guy. He is the oldest he's 66, guy. 66, by the way. And I, you know, he's probably got a couple more years good. left and we'll see how it goes for him because the big talk now is, you know, they're thinking about basically blowing up a lot of that defense. He's it's 66 years old. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So it's just, this is going to be one of those divisions where I think it's going to be really hard in two, three years to figure out. Who is going to win? You have Jimmy Garoppolo, Russell Wilson, you know, Jared Goff's coming into his own. The coaches are there. The playmakers um, are there. In fact, when you think about it, like Seattle's roster to me looks like maybe the the third best in the division. When you think about it, where you have Russell Wilson and then as as good as Doug Baldwin is, he's not a number one. And that's your number one. You just your receiving core is not good enough. You obviously don't have a running back. You're you're. Defense is old. Your offensive line is non-existent. Uh, it's like, yeah, it's time for the Seahawks of changing of the guard. Their dominance of the division is over. Well, let's get into that a little bit next in our West Coast Bias segment. Can the Seahawks possibly recover from what is, in a lot of people's opinions, the final year of the Legion of Boom? Let's talk about that next here on Football Sunday on The Fan. It's time for some West Coast flavor. Yes, this is the center of the football universe. Don't oversell it. I'm not selling anything. Come on, stop milking it. I didn't hear my lungs. I'd scream at you. This is West Coast Bias, an in-depth look at the NFL's Western teams on Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. West Coast Bias time. I do want to say it is snowing out. You just checked again, right? Is it still snowing? Yes. It's snowing. It's not sticking all too much. I saw if you look at towards the river behind us here, you could see it on like the banks sticking on the ground. There's a little bit of white stuff there, but it is it is snowing. So happy Christmas Eve, everybody. Merry Christmas Eve. It is snowing on Christmas Eve. It won't be snowing tomorrow, but at least you get a little bit of snow here, which is very, very rare this time of year. Uh, but West Coast Bias today, I do want to talk about the Seahawks. I want to talk about the future of the Seahawks and maybe do a little reminiscing on the Legion of Boom because to me, the Legion of Boom's done. You might have retirements for guys like Cam Chancellor um, with his neck injury and you might have retirements for guys like Cliff Averill and Richard Sherman might never be the same. Tearing your Achilles tendon is no that's, joke. That's not, it's, that's not a regular injury. Earl Thomas has been banged up this year, although he's still a very good safety. Um, your secondary corner position has been kind of a mess, and then there's been a lot of injuries there. 
Uh, Deshaun Shedd was your starter, but he's been hurt a couple of times. Your linebacker core has been hurt. Your defensive line, I mentioned already with Cliff Averill, but they've had injuries and haven't looked as good this year. And we're to a point right now where, and we talked about this, where the money would be an issue too with guys asking for big deals, try to stick around. I mean, are we done? Are we at the end of the Legion of Boom here? I mean, is this the final season of watching them at all together in, in some sort of way, shape, or form? Expect to see a lot of changes um, moving forward, you know, in Seattle. Uh, and that's really the price of success, man. You know, when you're a successful team and um, you're really good at what you do, um, you're going to lose a lot of guys, you know, and you won't be able to pay everybody um, a huge deal. And so you're looking at a lot of dudes with contracts coming up and a lot of guys that are, are mulling retirement. We just heard, who is the, the kid uh, only four years in and just decided to to hang him up, you know, already. Like we're, we're living in a day where guys are much more progressive about these things and about um, preserving their health and their knees. and, and It does like sound that. like so, those two neck injuries are pretty serious. Though. No, of course, so. yeah. So, I mean, and I think a lot of people see the the Ryan Shazier and some of those other things. And, and I think it's just, it's it's puts a lot of stuff into perspective. And so on the retirement note, yes, I could see a Cliff Averill or some other ones uh, potentially saying, man, I'm good, and I'm going to go ahead and, and, and hang him up. But I, I think there'll be a lot of changes coming to Seattle next next year. Um, and as long as really one change, uh, one thing doesn't change, and that's Russell Wilson being their quarterback, I, I mean, it's hard to count them out. Well, we mentioned his age, Pete Carroll, and it seems like for some reason he's kind of skating by right now on this because they're still in a playoff hunt. But how much of this blame should go on Pete Carroll? I'm not talking about the injuries, but I'm talking about the 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 poor offensive line, which still has not been built. They're trying in some ways, but they're not really committing and getting great players. Um, the running game situation has suffered greatly because of it. They don't have a good running back on this team. They don't. Since Marshawn Lynch left, they haven't been able to fill that void. Um, and frankly, there's been reports that the team quit. The team has quit, and they're still in a playoff race, and they've quit. That's got to be on Pete Carroll, right? At some point, the head coach has to take some blame for what's happening on the team. Now, that doesn't mean Pete Carroll's going to go. I mean, he could retire, I suppose. He is older, but um, that doesn't mean he's going to get fired or anything. But it's not just all the players that are performing here. There's there's blame to go all over the place. Yeah, there is. And I think really, I think Pete should definitely harbor some of that blame. But also, I think you got to put some on John Schneider. Like, I mean, as the general manager, you've done nothing to really make sure your offensive line got better. Now, Look, mind the you, offensive line is a joke. Now, mind you, you've added some pieces to make sure Russell Wilson doesn't get sacked as much, you know, but at the same time. But those pieces haven't worked out. But for what you're trying to do, for what your offense is trying to do, which is a lot of deception, a lot of screen, and a lot of, you know, uh, misdirection, things like that, you're going to need a really good offensive line to make some of those things happen. And you haven't. he hasn't done a good job of of – putting that out there for Pete Carroll. So I'm not sure how much say Pete actually has as far as who I want and what roles I'd like them to play on the team. But, I, I mean, I, as far as I know, general managers the one, are the ones responsible for making deals and bringing certain players in to make sure your your coach has everything he needs yeah, but the coach to be always, successful. The coach now, almost always has a say in what yes, players you bring yes, in. Yes, absolutely. And in the absolutely. evaluation process. But, uh, not really a lack of offensive line, really being not being able to find, and it's really tough to find, but to find a legit running back, not saying Marshawn Lynch, but somebody that's going to be able to come in and really try to carry the load for your team. Like there have been a few whiffs. Like luckily the defense is the one thing that keeps Seattle relevant. You know, as long as you, as long as you have the Legion of Boom back there for the most part, you were going to have a great chance. But really 
I don't really know if that Legion of Boom has even really been the same since Brandon Browner left. You know, like there's just somebody that was just tough as all hell and just wants to go out there and hit somebody and is going to take a flag for it, you know, and doesn't really give a damn kind of about it. Like, I, I don't really think they've had the same confidence, same swag since that. So um, they've been kind of, they've been depleted now for the past few years. So it's not super surprising that this is where we are now. We knew it was going to come to an end at some point. No, and th- it's they impossible. Five year, they had a five-year run. Like, that's a, in football, in NFL, five years is a grip. That's a long time to be at the top of the, the NFL and at the top of your division, the top of the NFC. That's a long time. It is a very long time, and it's it's a testament to guys like Pete Carroll and John Schneider for being able to keep it going for that long. But we talked about this last year with the with the salaries and the contracts. We're like, there's no way they're going to be able to keep this together for that long. Um, it's just it's impossible in, in this day and age. You've got to be able to do what teams like the Patriots do, um, and that is – keep the team at a high level while being able to cycle through the guys who are being overpaid and letting some players go um, who are surprising players to let go like Jamie Collins when they traded him last year like wow he was a really good linebacker you traded him well he was about to be up for a big amount of money and you trust the linebackers in your team so it's a, it's a really tough it's a really tough kind of dance to do that and you have to hope that you know much like the Patriots your quarterback is never the highest paid player on your team you know, so Tom Brady, I don't think, has ever been the highest paid player on the Patriots and continues to take team-friendly deals to make sure things can happen. Now, mind you, it should be noted. That's rare, though. It should, exactly. This is why it's rare. Man, Brady grew up rich already. He grew up in country clubs and everything, so it's, he, he grew up not having a problem. Rich. And then his wife is a bajillionaire at that. And then he's got uh, deals with Under Armour and, like, I don't think it's Rolex, but it's another really expensive uh watch company and everything like Brady is paid to the fact where I don't need to have be the highest paid player here. Now, if like every, fa- if every player Echo felt Drive. that way, huh? Isn't it the citizen echo drive or something like that? that yeah. He, something something like that. I'm not going to yeah. pay for, you know, for <laughs> sure. He's got like the nice citizen, you know, the one that you have to, they have the $50,000 the one yeah, or whatever. Yeah. The, yeah. They, they open a case for it and everything. There's a key to get in there. Yeah. That's the one that, that Brady is the spokesperson for. But if everybody kind of had it like that, you know, then I don't think quarterback would have to be the highest paid player on the team. But if, if Russell Wilson, you know, is willing to take a few pay cuts and he did, uh, he did redo his contract to help get Dwayne Brown in for that big trade. He took some in a signing bonus. So his year to year salary is lower. See, and if your quarterback, who's always going to be your highest paid player on your team, if he's willing to do that, then you have a great chance of keeping some of those guys around. And it's it just is a testament also to we all know how competitive Tom Brady is. Like, I mean, that guy gets up every any time he doesn't complete a pass, that guy's pissed off. He's he's just so competitive. But at the same time, the guy wants to win more than he wants to make money. I mean, granted, he's got more money than any of us could ever want or spend, but he's still like he could be making more money. He could be r- ransoming the Patriots, but instead he. He wants Super Bowl wins more than he wants an extra few million dollars in his bank account. So, what do you think, though? I mean, what's the what's the what do the Seahawks look like next year or the next two years? I think they're still competitive. Um, I think they're still going to be better than the 49ers. Although the 49ers, don't be surprised if you see them take uh, a jump next year and be much better with Garoppolo at the helm. Garoppolo looks legit. He looks. He. I mean, he studied under Brady for four years. He he actually really helped win that Super Bowl for the Patriots because if he drops two of those games of the three that he plays, then 
that's it. We don't think they have home field, and they they're not looking as good from that point. So Garoppolo looks great. He's doing just, this with no talent around him, by the none. way. None. And so you give Marquise him a, give him Goodwin a solid, is his number one receiver. You give him a solid receiver or a couple solid receivers. Sammy Watkins. Quite possibly, you know, and then then they could be in the mix. But I still see Seattle as being really competitive because we don't know what's going to happen with Arizona just yet. Um, we don't know if the Rams are going to have are going to be you know too big for their britches next year and you know kind of lay an egg because they were so good this year. And the one thing we don't talk about enough is when you play a winning schedule when you when you play a losing schedule and you win the next year you get a winning schedule with teams that are really good up and down outside of your division. Yeah. So especially see, in the NFC. Absolutely. If There's, they get like almost everyone is good. Yeah, because you get two games against a team who finished the same place as you in random divisions. I don't know who the Rams are going to get next year. I guess we could always check that. They could get lucky. Yeah. I mean they could be uh they could get like so when when we see these worst to first teams, the NFC, like, there's usually a reason behind it, and so then when they come back to earth the next year because oh okay we're playing a much tougher schedule, so we'll be able to see what the Rams and and the 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 Eagles and all these teams that are doing really well this year are going to be able to do next year. I'm checking who they have next year because it'll it'll tell me at least uh, which division NFC East, so they're going to get the Eagles, okay, and NFC South, so they're going to get the. Falcons? Panthers? Yeah. Who's in first right now? The Panthers? Panthers are in first right now. Uh, no. It could... No. Oh, no, it's, Saints. It's, it's the Saints. Saints, yeah. Yeah, so they're like, going to get the Eagles and Saints next year, as well as playing the AFC West, and it looks like the NFC North. Oh. Yeah, so they're going to get Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders, Lions, Vikings, Packers, and... um. Ouch, bears. ouch, ouch, and, well, then you said the Bears. So. Well, the, no, the, I mean, even then, the Bears are, are a hard out, even though their record's not and, great. And, and still, give Mitchell Trubisky a second year, and mm -hmm. let's see what, what happens. So. And they'll probably be on a new a new coach. Maybe they're going to go for somebody a little younger. Fox more. is not the guy, though. We know that. No, no, they're, they're going to move on from Fox after this year. I'm not sure if this is, like, the order of the schedule or not, but um, if it is, they open Arizona, Green Bay, Kansas City, Chargers, Vikings, Niners. Mm -hmm. Seahawks. <laughs> mm. Arizona's all right. Mm. That could be a real, I mean, besides Arizona, that could be a really, 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 really And hard really schedule. for division matchups, you just got to throw those out the window. You can expect each of them to split. So seriously, actually, if you look at it, it'd be just to read it off Cardinals, Packers, Chiefs, Chargers, Vikings, Niners, Seahawks, Eagles, Cardinals, Bears, Broncos, Lions, Raiders, Niners, Seahawks, Saints. Mm be a really hard schedule. That's a tough schedule. Yeah. No, I, it's just one of those things, too. Or I think I mentioned this last week, or I, I mentioned this sometime recently, and someone laughed at me as the 49ers is a rising team, but the, there's no doubt in my mind that, that that team is on the rise when you think about the front office. John Lynch, it, he's had one full year now as a GM, and I, he, hit, he hit everything out of the park. I don't know how he got Jimmy G for a second round pick especially when they have that many picks already yeah it, it just it blows my mind new england should have been able to ransom for more and been like hey well if you don't want to give us more we'll go over here to cleveland where they have lots of picks and they want jimmy g but instead he got it for a second round pick he, you know he got that uh he traded up got more picks for the second overall pick in the draft he just you think about kyle shanahan and i'm sure you guys heard the audio of jimmy g uh mic'd up I did. I saw that video. He looks like a pro. Impressive. 
to to literally be like, okay, on you know, on this drive, this is what we're gonna do. You do this move, do it this way. I'll throw the ball right here. If you're there, it's gonna be this play. You if you do this off of the the catch, then you're gonna get an extra ten yards. He's like, been playing behind the most cerebral quarterback that we may have ever seen in the history of a football, not named Peyton Manning and and Tom Brady. So I, I would assume you picked a few things up. I, right. It's impressive because I mean, you you there's been many examples of people playing behind guys, um, cerebral quarterbacks that most of the time, these guys aren't about being teachers. They're not about like bestowing that knowledge on the guy behind them. They don't want to, but man, Jimmy G's the real deal. All right. We got a break. Jesse's got an update for you. And then when we come back, you want to talk about the playoff picture or do you want to talk about this weird Aaron Rodgers story that popped up today or hate it or love it? Oh, that's right. Hit or love it's next. <laughs> or that. I, I mean, I it's guess up, it's you could just always skip it this week. No, if you no, no, want, no, no, but... no, no. You're right. I totally forgot. Yeah, we can do hit. We can skip it. I'm not tripping. Tis yeah. the season. I mean, look, we do whatever you want. And if you want to talk about want. the weird Aaron Rodgers thing, we can. Or if you'd like to do hit or love it, we can. Yeah. Jesse, we'll let you decide since you're the one who's going to do it. Do you want to do hit or love it or no? Um, I'll, well, see, I hate having. I mean, I'm I'm at your guys' whim over here. I just push the buttons you want me to push. So hit or love it is your segment. It is my segment. Make um, a choice. <laughs> I am my choice. Fine. Um, I I will take the hate it or love it segment then. If okay, good. Give me the choice. Next is hate it or love it. But first, Jesse has Sports Center. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. That music means it's time for Hater to Love It. And with that, uh, I will explain. We are here at a normal time, so we'll be doing the competition version. Winner gets to host the last segment of the topic of their choosing. Uh, Two weeks ago, I believe I won. I think I had like a good second round or something. Yeah. And then, uh, but Rashad was on like a three-game winning streak before that. So Rashad's been really good at this, and uh, I have not. So let's see what happens this week. Jesse asked us a question. We've, we've got some sound effects that are Mario-related to give us points and just uh, subtract points and to warn us when we're running out of time. Um, so that'll be coming up here. So don't be confused. That's part of the segment. Right. So Jesse, go ahead and get us started. All right. Uh, well, starting to get towards the uh, end of the season here, and we're starting to figure out which teams are going on to the playoffs? Which teams are not? Which teams are starting to think about next year, the draft, free agency? And amongst those will be the Washington Redskins and Kirk Cousins. The Kirk Cousins drama train continues. Now, um, there's a couple scenarios to keep Kirk Cousins in Washington. You know, they could sign him to a contract. They could um, franchise tag him again. For like They're, $33 million. Yeah, almost 35 something like that. Uh, there's another tag that barely ever gets used that you put on him uh, that basically another team can sign him, but you also get compensated by draft picks. Isn't that like a provisional tag or something? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then there's just, you know, the possibility of leaving in free agency, which seems to be one of the most common thought processes that just this drama's gone on so long. Kirk Cousins is going to leave and he's going to find himself another team. Love or hate, Washington Redskins actually find a way to keep Mr. Kirkers as a Redskins. Hey, if I was Kirk Cousins, I'm flipping them the double bird 
I do not want any parts of your pro- of, of your program. I don't want any parts of your franchise. I don't want any parts of your owner. You guys have done me dirty too many times. This has been a bad relationship from the from the start. This is the equivalent of being in a relationship and doing everything you can for a, for a girl or a guy, and they just don't appreciate you at every turn. Kirk Cousins this season has 24 touchdowns and uh, I think only nine interceptions. You tell me one great player he has on that offense that's not named Kirk Cousins. I think we know that R. Kelly, Robert Kelly, not the actual R. Kelly, uh, is a good running back, not great. Uh, we saw this season that um, Terrell Pryor is a good receiver. He's not the great receiver that we thought he was when he was in Cleveland. There's just been a lot of bad for Dan Snyder and Kirk Cousins. The two just don't see eye to eye. Uh, they haven't. They could have extended them twice, and they didn't. They franchised them both times. Kirk Cousins need to leave. There's no chance. You said he will or he could? I'm going to go. I, I said the Washington Redskins will find a way to keep him. Um, I'll also say hate, but it's going to be a lot closer than I think uh, Rashad's putting it out to be because who is the team he's been tied to the most? The San Francisco 49ers. Who did the San Francisco 49ers just get through a trade? Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, they did say they weren't sure they were going to keep him after this year, but after the last few weeks, I'm pretty sure they're going to try to keep Jimmy Garoppolo around because he's young and he looks really, really good. He looks like Tom Brady 2.0. So that takes them off the table for Kirk Cousins. But that doesn't mean there's not a lot of other teams out there who need a quarterback. We mentioned one earlier. The Arizona Cardinals are going to be in the market for a quarterback, especially with all the Carson Palmer injuries and stuff. I wouldn't be surprised to see Kirk Cousins consider them. Uh, The Giants might be in line for a quarterback if they let Eli Manning go. And if they don't want to draft a guy who's maybe unproven, Kirk Cousins could go there in division, which would be kind of funny. Um, you got a lot of quarterbacks, jobs that are going to be open there this year. But I do think that the Redskins should be considered because, frankly, they've paid Kirk Cousins money every year. A franchise tag or not, he's made like $50 million in two years off of him. So I don't think he's that mad at him. He's making a lot of money. I want a relationship. I want a commitment. That's what he's saying. Dude, yeah. he got like they so make, much money for two years. He's the highest paid side piece in the NFL. Hey. hey highest paid. You know what? The, <laughs> Lynch is right on that one. He got paid. The guy got paid. He got paid for doing nothing but signing a franchise tag. It's crazy. There's another team out there that's just been kind of trying to figure out what are we going to do about our quarterback position. We started off the season with uh, Sam Bradford, who had his best probably season as a pro the year before. Uh, He didn't work out because he got hurt. uh, Then we brought in Case Keenum. Well, he's a revelation, but he's... On the last year of his contract, which um, leaves you Teddy Bridgewater, who I believe is has a team option on a fifth year deal for him, and but you, he's been good. You just don't know how great he is. But let's focus on Case Keenum. Love or hate, Case Keenum is going to leave Minnesota, and he's going to break somebody's bank. Uh, hate. Um, I think Minnesota is in a really strange or really odd. I want to call it strange, but a little odd quarterback predicament right now. Uh, they have three quarterbacks on their roster, all of which are free agents this year. Um, so Bridgewater, uh, they'll probably bring bring him back because they have a fifth op- fifth year option. I believe Bridgewater, so. Yes. I believe it is. And then um, 
Case Keenum, you're, you're going to let go of Sam Bradford. He's not going to be the answer, and I think you know that already. Case Keenum is the one that you're looking at right now. Well, well, it hasn't worked with anyone else at this point. You know, everybody was really high on the Vikings uh, because you knew that all Teddy Bridgewater had to do was just kind of carry the load, not make mistakes. Well, Case Keenum has come out there and just did his role and hasn't really made too, too many mistakes. And actually, he's not, uh, done a great job of making some big plays when the Vikings kind of need it. You pair that with that defense, and all of a sudden, Case Keenum looks like a, a world beater. Sometimes a, a good quarterback just needs the the um, to the luxury of knowing you have a good defense around you and a couple of good playmakers. You look at the job Joe Flacco has been able to do for as long as he's been able to do it in Baltimore with uh, with a pretty good defense and just okay offensive weapons around him. I think Case Keenum is in a really, really good position right now, and I think he's going to stay right there in Minnesota, and they're going to break the bank for him. Um, I hate it. Because as as good as Case Keenum has been this year, he's still, in my mind, a backup quarterback. Case Keenum is not a good starting quarterback in this league. Case Keenum, even when they're winning half the time, is not playing that well. Like this week, he was awful yesterday against the Packers. Just not good. But they got the win because their defense is really good. You're right. Their defense is an, is an elite defense. And they do, do have a lot of players around Case Keenum. But here's the way I look at it. And I agree that it's odd. The Vikings have to make a choice. Do they risk quarterback purgatory or do they stick with a guy who's been good enough this year to get them obviously to be one of the top seeds in the NFC despite not being a very good quarterback? Do they try to get an elite guy in the draft or maybe sign somebody or even take the risk on Teddy Bridgewater and see if he's going to come back to be healthy and be as good as he was before he got hurt? Or do they play it safe and go with Case Keenum? That's why the situation they're in is very odd. I think they should go the risky route because if you play it safe with Case Keenum as good as you are, I don't view you as a team that's going to win a Super Bowl at any time coming up soon. But if you try to take the risk with the players around you and try to get a Teddy Bridgewater to come back or maybe go get a good guy in the draft or trade or Kirk Cousins, for example, who's better than Case Keenum, I think you'll be a really, really good team for years to come. All right. Good one. Yeah, that was a good one. All right. Well, Rashad. Sir. Currently leading by two points going into the final round. All right. Now, uh, just so you know, there there was no plan on this, but there is Denver implications in this question. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to a lot of Denver radio late, r- I'm lately. I'm sorry. Just sorry. Well, They're, because it's a really depressing season, so I'm sorry you're putting yourself through. It's but it's so exciting going into the off season because <laughs> there's so many choices for the Denver Broncos, and they all focus around the quarterback. Yep. Right? So so there's a theme to today's hater love it. It's uh it's quarterback issues, questions, conundrums. And the final one stops in Denver. They took Paxton Lynch 2 years ago. Um that that has ran its course already. Trevor Simeon, they thought maybe they had something, then maybe not. Um it, you know what? We're just going to throw Chad Kelly out there as a wild card. Um but the the talk is Going out there and either finding quarterback and free agency or finding a guy in the draft or both. Mm. Give yourself some options. Give yourself some options. But knowing what John Elway likes to do, love or hate, this guy's going to go out there and he's going to find himself a free agent quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Um, Love. Um, I- I'm thinking that, uh, well, shoot. Oh, that's a that's a tough one. I would love to say 
hate because there are a few quarterbacks coming out of the draft, four, in fact, coming out of this year's draft that I think are better than anybody that's starting for the Broncos right now. Um, however, I'm not exactly sure who the free agent uh, quarterbacks are coming up this year. So it's hard for me to answer that question. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, I know. You got one Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor's expected to be released. A lot no. of teams think Eli Manning's going to no. be released. Case Keenum's going to be no. out there. Um, that, there's No. Right. Like, from all the guys that you, just, that you just mentioned, really, Kirk Cousins would be a guy I might decide to take a chance and on. And Tyrod Taylor. But if, I'm, but if I'm really building for the future, which it looks like John Elway's been trying to do, which is why he's whiffed three times on quarterbacks, I'm going to go. I'm going in this NFL draft, and I'm going to get one of these three quarterbacks that are available. You have a chance to to strike gold with Josh Allen, possibly Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen. That's three guys right there that aren't expected to be picked up to at least the fifth pick in this year's draft. I think you have a great opportunity to really start over, and maybe John Elway can just show that man. It was it was an aberration, and I just got unlucky with the three draft picks that I had with Osweiler uh, and the other two bums that they have on, on that roster right now. At least you look at the guys that are coming out and saying there's potential there. Possibly if you can go out and get a a, a Kirk Cousins, then yes. But outside of that, if he's not available, then I'm, I don't see why you don't go in the draft. If John Elway makes another stupid, tall quarterback draft pick that doesn't pan out, he's out. He's done as the president of football operations in Denver. He Look, he built a lot of goodwill. He has made a myriad of bad decisions the last few years in the draft, especially yes. at the quarterback position. If I'm John Elway, I don't take that risk. I go get a proven guy, and that's either Kirk Cousins or Tyrod Taylor. I love Tyrod Taylor to Denver. I don't know. It's I, It fits in my mind so perfectly. It just fits. Um, hell, he could even get another Manning if he really wants to. If he wants to go the Manning route, he can even get Eli Manning, and it would be better than the abomination that. that they have right now. You should lose a point for saying that. No, why? I mean, they, right. have, they have the worst quarterback situation minus oh, the Browns yeah. oh, in the yeah. NFL right now. It's horrific. I mean, Kaiser's better than anybody you guys have. No, he's saying. not. No, 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 yeah, no, no, no. Okay, so now uh, uh, That's you're rude. losing a point for Rashad on that one. <laughs> yeah. That's rude. But he needs to go free agent route because the draft route has not worked for him. He's in love with Baker Mayfield, I've heard. Dear God, don't take Baker Mayfield. He's going to be Johnny Manziel. I'm a big again. fan of Mayfield. I like Baker Mayfield. I'm sorry. And, I I just, and frankly, I'm done trusting the quarterbacks in the draft right now because we've seen year after year after year, for the most part, they haven't panned out. Now, we've gotten a couple of good ones this year. This year's been, the last two years have been nice. But now we go three years later, and Mariota and Winston are sucking it up. So they were supposed to be the future, and now they suck. So, I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not trusting the draft very much right now. Go get a free agent. Go get a proven guy. All right. The results are in. Tallying it up right now. I don't know. I like Tyrod Taylor to the Broncos. I don't know why. I like Tyrod. I just, I mean, I just feel like the Broncos need somebody that's going to be able to. to I want someone to change the offense from being a boring pocket passing offense. I want some movement. I think that's going to start with a, a great head coach, though. I don't know if Vance Joseph is the guy. Hey, hey I'm, not, I'm not complaining. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. You should have. Put that out there. Well, I'm just saying. Like, I, I mean, you asked about your... Elway. Like, this is this is a Vance Joseph thing. Like, he, I don't think he's a. I don't think he's a, a great guy. That a was great a coach. Excuse that me. was a point for you if you had said that during your round. Oh, I'm sorry that you didn't get. Congratulations, Mike. Wow. Ten oh, to nine. I came back. Malarkey. That lost point. Malarkey. With the stupid Deshaun Kaiser. Hey man. <laughs> you too, man. I will take him All over right. t- over Osweiler any day Look. of the week. It doesn't really matter because our last segment is going to be super short, but we'll be back after this here on The Fan.
Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, we got to make a quick turn and burn segment here as we went super long last segment. Um, yeah, we had literally had like a minute and 20 seconds till we got a break. But uh, thank you guys all so much for listening. Very much appreciate it on your Christmas Eve, no less. Hopefully you guys all have a wonderful Christmas tomorrow and Christmas Eve today. And we'll say it, a wonderful New Year's because we will not have a show next week. Uh, we will be off on the 31st. So we will return in the year 2000. In 18. 2018. It's crazy. Isn't that crazy? It's the 2017's over. It's, the year it's went over. so fast, man. It so. did go fast. It was Thank a crazy year, too. Very, it was. very crazy it was year. An up and, it was an up and down year, mostly and, down. And uh, we'll see what happens in 2018. But thanks, you guys, all for so much for listening and texting in on the Bridgeport Pierce text line at 55305. Again, you can find us on Twitter. The station is at 1080 The Fan. I am at Mike Lynch 27. Rashad's at TaylorMade 503. And Jesse is at Jesse Osmond, A-S-Z-M-A-N. Thank you so much. Uh, good luck in your fantasy championships if you're in it this week. Hopefully you've got a good start to your uh, championship game already. And uh, thanks for listening all year. Seriously. So it's our last show of the year. Thanks for sticking with us through all 2017. And again, we'll be back soon. Have a very, very good holiday. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.